Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. News Talk 1110-993 WBT. Brett Witterbull alongside the coach Matt Doherty. I want to welcome to the program uh, Pedro Orta. He brings his 18 years of experience as a CIA veteran to a, a brand new memoir. Time served in Iraq, Afghanistan, the Middle East, and other war zone locations. And the uh, Office of the Inspector General for the Intelligence Community, earning eight exceptional performance awards, a thrilling and captivating expose that unveils the deep state bent on destroying dissent and preserving its power. His new book is called The Broken Whistle, and he joins us now. Uh, Pedro, thanks so much for your service to this country, and we appreciate you making time for us here today. Thank you so much, Brett. Highly appreciate it, and thank you for having me on your show today. So it's uh, it's me and, and Coach Matt Doherty who are uh, uh, going to be uh, asking you some questions here. Um, I want to start with the revelation in the last, um, really the last 18 hours or so, the reporting that has come out that indicates that the surveillance of the Trump team uh, began much earlier than suspected. Uh, John Brennan running the CIA and, and obviously Barack Obama's administration being a part of this. Uh, your your thoughts on this as somebody who was both inside and is now outside? I mean, I, I got to work for Brennan. I got to meet him at, at a uh, COS, Chief of Station Leadership Seminar one time. And... I witnessed firsthand as far as the rhetoric, as far as upholding the law, speaking truth to power, doing what is right. Then when it's time to do things, I notice how there is a perversion of morality and and just abusing power to uh, benefit oneself or one's beliefs and so forth. Uh, Brennan, I mean, targeted a whistleblower and demanded that the whistleblower be prosecuted despite the fact that the Department of Justice had already investigated and determined that no crimes were committed. And this is the case of John Kiriakou. So he basically perverted justice. Then there's another case of how he basically had his fingers involved in the Jeffrey Sterling uh, case of another CIA officer who was actually indicted under circumstantial evidence Mm -hmm. that in any court of law, more than likely would have been thrown out, but because it was prosecuted in Northern Virginia, that is heavily in favor of the government, he was basically convicted and sentenced and sent to jail. So it doesn't surprise me that uh, these revelations on Brennan are now being surfaced again, and there's quite a bit of credibility to them, as we had seen prior with the revelations of uh, the unmasking of General Flynn mm-hmm. and the role of high-level Obama administration officials targeting Flynn. This is clearly violations of law, and more importantly, abuses of power that are prohibited uh, and should be investigated, and if possible, prosecuted. You you were in the intelligence community for... When, when did you start in the intelligence community? When did you start at the CIA? July of 2000. July of 2000. Before 9-11. Okay. So with that in mind, you you uh, you had a different glide path 
uh, that, than, than people who may have just joined in the last uh, decade or so. Can you chart where it was that the CIA and the IC generally uh, became politicized um, moving forward where uh, it was about quashing the uh, quashing the ability to allow elections to come off fairly, things like that, in the United States. When did this start, Pedro? I mean, historically, if you look at holistically the entire history of the intelligence community, 1947, the National Security Act began really the institution. The, the CIA, the FBI, years past, were caught doing the same thing, abusing their powers for political purposes. It's essentially nothing new. Now, where it went wrong yeah. is the church committee in the mid-'70s made some oversight functions to help deter those powers from being abused. And those oversight mechanisms actually worked to a degree. And keep in mind we had issues in the 80s with Iran-Contra. Right. Uh, they were investigated, fast forward into the 90s, fast forward into the 2000s, you keep going forward into 2010. One of the problems we've had is, look at how many Democratic presidents we've had with their high-level appointees. Clinton, eight years. Then Bush, eight years. Obama, eight years. Mm -hmm. By the time Trump came in, you're looking at essentially... 16 years of Democratic leadership of the executive branch, and only eight of Bush. But Bush came in at a time where 9-11 right. granted vast powers to the national security establishment, which gave him the ability to pervert that power and abuse that power under counterterrorism authorities, which is that FISA collection mechanism, the 702, right. which they use against foreigners, mm -hmm. but a loophole allows to okay. potentially exploit U.S. collection. Okay, so here's what so, I want to do. We're, I'm due for a break. I want to hold you over into this next segment. I want to get into Five Eyes and, and this story, because uh, they figured out a way to hotwire the ability to surveil, and I want to get your thoughts on this. Brett Woodville, Coach Matt Doherty, and Pedro Orta, a veteran of the CIA and the intelligence community. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. News Talk 1110-993 WBT, Brett Whittable and the coach, Matt Doherty, and uh, continuing our conversation with uh, somebody who's uh, given us a lot of great information, uh, Pedro Orta. It is good to have you back. Let me ask you, as we were talking about the surveillance uh, state for all intents and purposes, the use of five eyes, so that would be uh, Canada, England, the United States, uh, Australia and New Zealand and, and the workarounds that went with that as it approached the issues with Flynn and with Trump and with Papadopoulos and all that sort of stuff. Um, how, how did that come to pass? Well, 
I mean, there's an intelligence agreement between the Five Eyes that they will work together, they will collect, and they will share. And like anything, when you've got intelligence collection, you've got basically taskings as far as who's going to do what. In the case of the FISA, I mean, FISA is designed to collect against foreigners. Um, This is very well known, discussed today in Congress. It's actually aired in Twitter. And there are strict guidelines and regulations as far as how to do it, what to collect, what not to collect, who to collect on, so forth. And we're prohibited from collecting on Americans. But it's that incidental collection that becomes a problem. Now, I worked FISA. I was trained to work with it. And it's required to do actually yearly training. And you certify that you will not abuse it. You will not use it to collect on U.S. citizens and even legal residents. And if something happens and you, by mistake, did so, you report it. And you have to certify that it's incidental and that there was an accident and it actually gets investigated. And if it turns out that you actually did it on purpose, you could be prosecuted. I mean, at a minimum, you could lose your job. You lose your clearance. So if such things happen as far as in the United States, the U.S. intelligence community, any member, whether FBI, CIA, willfully abuses that authority, uh, they could be subjected to prosecution. Uh, So, I mean, this is no accident. Somewhere along the line, it had to be at a very high level because issues of collecting on U.S. nationals requires Department of Justice authorizations. And it goes all the way up, more likely, to the Attorney General. Mm -hmm. And in some cases, depending on the sensitivity, like General Flynn, I can assure you that it goes to the White House. And they would only collect on such an individual if the White House signed off on it. And so, so, so Obama would know it. Would Biden have known this? Uh, more than likely, he would have known or his staff, at a minimum, would have known. Talk about the unmasking that, that took place, because um, we understand that in that room, you had the president, you had the attorney general. At that point, uh, uh, it was it was uh, his wingman, as we know. Um, we we know that uh, Joe Biden was in that room, but so was Susan Rice, and the, uh, ironically enough, the UN ambassador to the United Nations and Samantha Power. These people were all able to flip those switches, weren't they? Uh, the only one that would have the authority to do that would be the attorney general at the command of the president. The others could lobby. The others could push for it. Mm-hmm. But essentially, the Department of Justice is the final call as far as using intelligence powers to collect on U.S. persons, because at that point in time, you have to have some kind of legal justification for some kind of potential criminal investigation, usually counterintelligence or counterterrorism. Your thoughts on China and the CCP and the con- connection to um, the, the Biden family. Uh, we've been seeing new revelations coming out. Um, do you believe that this administration, and specifically the president, is compromised? I mean, based on what we've seen and heard, that there are issues that need to be fully investigated. 
and there continues to be a lot of stonewalling by the Bidens, not allowing Congress to get the information they need to get, and also, for that matter, Department of Justice stonewalling, uh, government agencies stonewalling, IRS stonewalling, and so forth, not giving Congress, the oversight committees, the information they need. And that goes to the biggest problem that we have, a complete failure of congressional oversight to rein in the abuses of the executive branch, not just the office of the presidency at times, but for that matter, these rogue bureaucracies. Pedro, uh, Matt Doherty here. Uh, your book, The Broken Whistle, you you risk a lot in, in coming out with this. What kind of personal pushback, retribution, uh, I believe you were terminated, uh, uh, smear campaign, uh, you had to withstand a lot uh, to come out and tell the truth. What, what have you experienced? Well, the book is really what I experienced on the inside as a whistleblower. And I experienced, in, in, in the simplest terms, a just insane bureaucratic bullying campaign to silence, denigrate me, and to force me to literally quit the CIA. But I refused to quit. So when I refused to quit, then they basically send in the Office of Security like a big bad bully trying to threaten me. And I called their bluff. So at that point in time, they actually put surveillance on me and be on a lookout list, not allowing me entry into a building. And at that point in time, I was put on administrative leave and put through a uh, administrative process called the Personnel Evaluation Board, which is basically a kangaroo court when you read the fine print, because they can only make a recommendation to the Office of Security, and it's the Office of Security that makes the final determination. So the Office of Security took the final reprisals against me, and I don't know what the Personnel Evaluation Board told them to do, but they decided to fire me, terminate me a year shy from retirement. Wow. And, uh, you know, I lost everything. So you, know, so you, you, plus you years of hard work, war zone work, Iraq, Afghanistan. You know, I suffered health issues. You know, fa- family suffered a lot. For what? For the government to basically fire me because they were upset because I blew the whistle on them? Do you regret doing that? Uh, absolutely not. We have to stand up, speak truth to power. We have laws on the books. I did the right thing. I was required to report the wrongdoing that I reported through internal channels, and I did. And it turns out that these reporting channels don't work. Yeah. And that's the problem, again, that Congress continues to fail to correct. Yep. And I believe that by writing this book, it will air out these issues, and God willing, we can move forward and correct some of these deficiencies. You, uh, what was the term you just used? Speak to, speak the truth, speak to the truth. Speak truth to power. Speaks tr- I like that a lot. Speak truth to power. I, I, I'm all about mining for the truth, and we need more of that in this country. What, what impact, I'm assuming, you know, do you have wife, children, and if so, what was the impact on them? Uh, it, it's a long story, but in the short, uh, I had... A lot of separation from family caused by being kicked out of one CIA station early because a chief of station, his deputy chief of station, and his chief of operations just didn't like me. 
that basically separated me, my fiance, my newborn daughter. And at that point in time, because I had to go through the uh, process to get married to a foreign national, we really were not reunited fully until like three years later when my daughter was three years. I, I barely saw my daughter the first year. Wow. And for that matter, the second and even going into the third year, we were separated. And then finally, when we are together, I'm going back out to a war zone, and I get kicked out of that war zone. But at that point in time, uh, what happened was all the hardships that we suffered eventually caused uh, my wife and my daughter to move back to the native country and we got divorced. Mm. And, you know, I've been separated from my daughter. She's now 14 years old. Uh-huh. And we basically have lived our lives separated. Uh, and I have to deal with her crying every time that I visit her and I depart and I go back home. Yeah. And Just t- t- unnecessary t- sacrifices t- that CIA officers go through. Tulsa, Oklahoma, is that your home now? That's my home now. And you're a, pa- a pastor, a minister there? Um, I'm a, an ordained minister with Christ for All Nations. I've done some uh, evangelism missionary work. And for the most part, mostly an itinerant minister right now. Yeah. I, I just really admire uh, the strength and... Um, you know, speaking truth to power. I love that line, and and I will use that in the future, and and think of you uh, when I do, and certainly give you the credit for it. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. We appreciate you making time for us today, and um, God bless you, man, because you're you're somebody who's a patriot, and um, I'm I'm hoping things work out in a great way for you. Thanks for being there, Pedro. Amen. Thank you for having me on your show today. God bless you. You as well. Uh, it's Pedro Orta. And that book, um, you want to get it, is The Broken Whistle. 